What you are about to hear is the ultimate blend of technology and entertainment. This is Conf T with your SE. That's right. This is Conf T with your SE. I am your host, Brian Young, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Tom Porto. How are you, sir? I work at Cisco, so things are great, Brian. Things are... <laughs> love it. Ah. That's ah, awesome. It's good stuff. That's it's awesome. Good stuff. Glad to be back. <clears throat> yeah, no, definitely. Um, I have my, uh, I am on PTO today. That's why I am not wearing, you know, a professional shirt with buttons or a collar or anything like that. I'm, I'm digging the super helping Mario my shirt, parents though. move. Hey, actually, no, no, no. Super oh. daddy-o. Yes. Okay. Super daddy-o. All right. That's a flex. Yes. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on my, I was on, uh, I was a chaperoning my, my daughter's field trip yesterday and, uh, I have a awesome dad hat that I, I had no problem because nice. I was the only parent in the class. So I'm like, yep, I am awesome dad, <laughs> even though I threw up my back in the morning. So you, you know what? It just, it never ends time. Like we're all sitting here talking about it before. Like it, when it, when it rains, it pours threw up my back yesterday. The, the SHO is back in the shop. It's probably not going to come out. I'm, I'm, I'm done dealing with that thing. I'm very sad Shut it down. Uh, because I Turn love Turn the recording car. off. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Back We're in done. the shop. This is this is our final. This is it. It's our final episode. Season three will come when the show is back long. out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, not for nothing. I, I didn't mention it in the other in the other recordings because of the way we recorded. But I think it was like two days after our day, de- you know, re debut episode came out. My car was back in the shop. Oh, Jesus, and it was like <laughs> I, I'm like this is this is bad. This is a bad omen. So, um, word to the wise. Don't get a green car. I think Ozzy Osbourne has a thing against green cars. I remember seeing that on uh, his show there that he did with his son, the road trip show. He's like, he stays away from green cars. He thinks they're that cars. car was green. So. Yeah. Was, yeah. Dark was, green. Oh, okay. I thought it was black. It must be a really deep, dark green. It's a very dark green. Mm, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. a, I had a it, it, at least it wasn't way. gray. Well, it would, it would have been nice if it was gray because then I, you know, as it was, people always thought when I'd come up on them, you know, they're like looking back and it's like, oh man, it's a tourist, it's a police car. They move out of the mm-hmm. way. But, you know, when they saw the color, they're like, you know, what is this, Forest Patrol? So, <laughs> speaking of Forest Patrol, <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. If you were going to hear, we're, we're going to hear a little bit of beeping, just like that one, every 30 seconds now, uh, because uh, one of our guests, Mike Geller, um, he claims that he changed the smoke detector battery yesterday, but evidence seems to be saying otherwise. So... Yeah, that's that's a perfect Brian, intro, Brian. Quite obvi- <laughs> quite obviously, I think I'm a little better at DDoS attack detection and mitigation than I am with smoke detectors. <laughs> the, the 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 fact the facts unfortunately prove that to be true. <laughs> the, the, the new the new the new batteries are just overperforming. That's all. Yeah, they're oh yeah, I that's don't know. It. something. That's it. But you do have, but at least your car is the right shade of green. You know, as a Jets fan, I'm a favor of dark green. Brian Brian throws darts at jet, at pictures of Jets guys, but you know, sorry, still have a program. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we yes, we we still have we we still have a team. The gloves are, my the mind's, gloves mine's are barely off. hanging on. So <laughs> <laughs> since we well, lost the, the critical gloves are asset. off already, we're only a couple minutes in, and uh, we've already got. I'll, I'll, got I'll take it, it when you don't when, when you when, when you barely win any games over enough years you kind of have to take that and live with it this year's going to be our year wow (laughs) wow okay so my we've got mike geller the the jets fan uh ddos pro that's that sucks at changing batteries at uh in smoke detectors and uh the other brian that spells it the right way thank you for that (laughs) i know even though i know you had nothing to do with that Brian Green, um, our other guest here. Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you're not a Jets fan. Not a Jets fan. Uh, you know, Boston-based, so New England through and through. Uh, Going to be a tough, uh, r- another tough rebuilding year for, for for the boys in blue, but we'll see what happens. So, Brian Green, I'm the director of uh, strategic alliances and business development here at uh, at Radware, uh, managing the Cisco partnership. So, awesome, awesome. And I'm sorry, Mike. I never throughout all that. I never even got your title other than just sucks it changing batteries and smoke detectors <laughs> probably the nicest thing anybody will say to me all day but um <laughs> i have uh, i'm a, uh, i'm on brian and i are on the same team at radware um and i am a distinguished architect there after 25 years career at cisco so um i'm really happy to be here nice nice all all the joking aside nice very nice to see you guys today 
Yeah, no, thank, thanks for, for coming on, guys. I know we've been trying to get this lined up for a while. Uh, in fact, we wanted this to be the debut episode when we came back in, but uh, schedules just didn't work out. And not for nothing, you guys have been busy, um, which was half the reason we wanted to do it So you know, as the debut episode, yeah. because DDoS has been uh, kind of a big thing lately. Um, and, and, and I, especially in the, the healthcare sector, I don't know, Brian or Michael, which one of you want to take that, but I know we were running through some pretty interesting events back in, I think it was February, March timeframe. Yeah. You know, Brian, the, the, the net of it is, uh, the, the DDoS game is about availability. You know, it's funny with all the technology, with all the complicated stuff that goes on in all these attacks, you know, you, it really comes back to, Keeping your keeping the services and networks available and protecting your customers' data and healthcare, uh, what they call PHI. And uh, it, it, look, uh, the, there. It, this is about being ready. It's not about uh, a reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to what you can do today. But as it turns out, uh, some of the latest killnet hacktivist-oriented uh, attacks uh, have been t- targeted at healthcare. Recipients and I don't know, Brian. We've been um, Brian Green. We've been on what? How many calls with with different hospitals over the last two months that we've had to emergency onboard to get them out of trouble? So I, I mean, Brian, to me, it's it's you know we have that capability as Cisco to to um, emergency onboard a customer and kind of get them out of out from drowning, right? To help them and be better prepared going forward. But yeah, man. I mean, we've been uh, Brian Young. It's it's been crazy. I mean, there's been there. And it by the way, you know, the last recent few weeks, it was started out with healthcare. But if you look at what happened in Australia, and you look at what happened in um, Sudan, and some of that, uh, it it's a cross industry thing. I mean, but Brian, yeah, you you've got it right. Brian Green and I have been with our team on. I mean, I don't even know how many calls, many dozens. in the last, yeah. Dozens I mean, upon it, dozens. Yeah, these attack firms, uh, they don't want to waste a good tragedy, right? Like uh, some of the events that we've seen globally here. So, um, yeah, listen, it's, you know, I grew up in the data center, right? So I, I equate this to, um, you know, DDoS to something similar to backup, right? It's 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 very much um, a very important critical um, insurance policy, right? Uh, certainly at this at this day and age where, you know, attackers are getting pretty creative and, you know, cyber war is very much a, uh, a real thing and a real threat to, to, to business. And they don't, they don't discriminate, you know, it, it could be, um, you know, a K through 12, you know, institution, or it could be your fortune 50, you know, type, type account, right. They, they just don't discriminate and they, and they cast a pretty wide net. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Brian, what, you, know, you could, you, you come after, you know, you come after, you know, you, you come not prepared. And, uh, you know, you have to start to deal with the regulatory authorities on why your business is not available and your data is not safe and critical services aren't available. Uh, it, 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 it gets ugly. So I know we're going to talk today in a little while about what it, what it takes to be better prepared. But uh, I, I hope when everybody listens to this today, um, they'll walk away with that as one of the outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. A, 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 what what is it? A, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a, a pound of uh, reaction, or whatever the phrase is, right? Um, you mentioned the Australia thing. I, I'm not I'm not familiar with it. Can you can you give us a little bit more details on that? I I'm, I'm yeah. Not so this it. one was this one was a little kooky. So as Brian Green was saying, you know, we we have a kind of a we we actually have a uh, you know if you're familiar with the concept of channels that Cisco has, uh, you know, and, and, and selling through partners and things. What many people don't know is that there is a, a whole economy around uh, denial of service. There, there are recruiters that go look for customers, you know, people to attack, and there are, um, and there are others who actually write the malware, who write the code, who write the attacks themselves, and they kind of obfuscate their, hide themselves from the public view in this respect to an extent. Uh, you know, they communicate on the dark web. There's a whole, there's a whole thing. So what happened in Australia is really kind of, look, it's really kind of strange. So what, 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 but, but I understand it. Here's what happened. There were some, uh, some statements made in a fashion show 
around um, around a specific uh, nation and religion, and you know, unintentionally, kind of printed on clothes and things, uh, a phrase that was very detrimental to their set of beliefs. And listen, you know, if whatever whatever religion you might subscribe to, or whatever you happen to believe in, whatever it is, no opinions, no judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you probably get a little bit angry if somebody started to uh, to demean those. Well, that's what happened, and as a result, there was a whole kind of hacktivist set of activity. You know, hacktivism mm-hmm. really it refers to a casual treatment or attack of a set of resources really mostly for cosmetic purposes to start you know they'll go after a web page they'll deface the web page they might uh, bring it down for a little while nothing to really rattle the cages too hard but what happens is these hacktivist channels they get backing from social media, from musicians, from society. They grow in power. They grow in money. And now all of a sudden, this, you know, this kind of a, um, you know, I want to kind of get my message hacktivist across hacktivist type thing turns into a major production, in which case now you start seeing attacks from all over the world. You see much more complicated botnets. You see things like this. So in Australia, you see to Brian Green's point before you see now a group of not just healthcare but many uh, cross vertical targets for something that was arguably somebody maybe being in the wrong place at the wrong time not even intentionally done mm. now you know whether it was intentional or unintentional that's you know beauties in the eyes of the beholder there but uh, you know there there are attacks like this that are coming this is why preparation and and having something you know as that safety net is such a big deal because you kind of never know where it's going to come from right right and and when you're talking across different industries too right the effect can be very different from one industry type or one customer type to another right in terms of things like healthcare you know you're, you're talking about maybe not being able to schedule or, you know, look up resources or something which could affect human life. When you're talking about industry, you're, you're talking, um, you know, manufacturing, you know, there, there could be uh, revenue issues there and, and, and whatnot. At the end of the day, it's, it's going to cost something, right? Whether that's, well, whether that's money and, and or that, life. That, that cost, so Brian will tell you, there, there were, you know, there, Brian, Brian, lives, Brian lives in the Northeast, and there are, there are healthcare organizations across the Northeast that Brian and I, again, we'll, we'll leave the names out to protect the, the, the innocent, but, but uh, you know, that, that we've been in for all different sorts of kinds of conversations that they have. Remember, there are HIPAA, regulatory authority uh, type, type things you have to deal with uh, from an availability perspective. There is data protection rules in that in that respect. And then you look at things like, yes, you mentioned scheduling. Um, you mentioned operation of a hospital and, and communications with doctors securely. There are pharmacy systems. There's patient medical record systems. All these different things come together as one kind of operational umbrella for, for a hospital. I will tell you, um, my son, the genius that he is, who's graduating from Penn State in, in, in four days, um, nice. you know, you know, I'm I'm really proud of him. You know, so congrats, listen, that's awesome. I, he, he is a smart kid. He takes yeah. care of his mom. A fortune, good thing for him. Um, but but uh, you know, he he was um, you know, as college kids do, six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds, uh, playing basketball in Crocs and broke his ankle in two oh, places. No. Nice genius, really really smart kid. Oh. So we were in the hut. So we were at at at. Um, at Mount Nittany Hospital in Penn State, which I will call that out because they were fantastic. But, uh, you know, it just made me think when I was sitting there, they have robotic surgery, Brian. They have Mm -hmm. things that are, are, uh, let's just use the bad English word, takeoverable. Mm -hmm. And if if that were to happen, could be catastrophic in outcome. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, some of the outcomes are financial, Brian. I mean, we've, we've, 
we've bumped into those certainly enough. Um, the, the, but there, there are threats to operation. There are threats to you know all of these aspects require us um, to be multimodal in our ability to deal with 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 these attacks. So I think you've characterized it right. Um, you know, there there's a business side, there's a technical side, there's a regulatory side, and and then there's often a nation state side. You know, you look at what's going on in Ukraine. Brian, you mentioned it exactly right before. The attacks there are are uh, are crazy in terms of density and numbers and all of this, and they go across networks to applications to uh, you know many different modes of attack, and 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 uh, you know to deal with those really requires uh, some advanced technology to to to. to handle and it's it's been it's been quite a you know what now couple of years protecting those guys you know it's interesting i i I, you know you think of ddos right and i know you mentioned you know defacing a company's website or you know not allowing you know those public services to be available which could be something as as seemingly simple as not being able to schedule which as we've just discussed can definitely have lasting uh, impacts but as you were talking i was thinking i'm like you know when services become unavailable and business needs to continue to run, regardless of what the industry is, human nature is going to be to to do something out of band, right? Whether that's you know bringing bringing out the old ordering you know, sheets and doing it by um, by by hand, or using different m- methods of communication that don't maybe don't fall under that regulatory compliance, right? Um, but it also allows, you know, that, that of course has implications of further detriment to the organization, right? Where you could have data loss, um, in the event that someone is, well, I can't access the, the email to upload the file. So I'm just going to upload it to Dropbox here, right? Because Dropbox is up and my website's down, right? Those kind of things you're, 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 it's, they're the ripples that are caused by events like this, where you bring down. Uh, a service or a website or whatever that is. Yeah. And, and Brian, it's behavior by desperation there in that respect, right? So at that point in time, you're in deep. So one of the things that I've seen Brian Green do time after time after time is to help his customers get out of water with kind of an emergency onboarding service, which really helps because it'll, it, it allows them, you know, with many of these organizations, even the big healthcare organizations or universities perhaps, or other, other, you know, government agencies the handling attacks of this mode and this size and scale, it's, it's context to them. It's not core. So, so you re, you really do need to help, but you bring up something that really actually caused me to think of something different too. One of the things that 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 often becomes a problem when these attacks go on is people act out of desperation because you know there there are commitments you have to make, there's SLAs you have to make, there are businesses you have to run. So now all of a sudden, to your point, whereas I might have had a a, a rule that said in this specific business. We're only going to allow you to use, let's just, I'll use your, your example, Dropbox. So you can't use Box. You can't use any of the other online file storage. We call that shadow IT in, in the, in, as, as a term. So, you know, what do you, what do you do? Uh, how, you know, how do you, so the, the first step to getting all this right is to have a plan. Many don't, many, Brian, don't even start with a plan. Right. right, they they deal with when their when their hair is on fire, and at that point, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you if you go and start to formulate a plan, and you say, "All right, I have these critical assets that need to be identified. I I, I do that. Now I need to figure out how to protect them. Is it data exfiltration that's my biggest problem? Is it availability of the network? And for availability, what where where might I have that run? Many folks will go and take. Uh, you know, as as the deployment of routers for Cisco has matured over the years, you know, we, we, we put them in, let's just argue, better places in the network sometimes. Well, app, the in order to cater to ultra-low latency response times for services like connected gaming, virtual reality, IoT, things like this, you need to actually take portions of the network and push it way out 
toward that edge, whatever the edge is. In carriers, we call it the mech edge. In enterprises, we just call it the WAN edge, whatever it is. Um, but there's a proximity that's required to those services. And um, that requires us to not only be smart about the security technology we're deploying, you know, do I put it on-prem? Do I put it in the cloud? Do I and and do I need to look at what network level stuff, layer three, layer four? Do I need to look at application layer stuff? Is it encrypted? You know, there 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 are lots of questions tiered in that way that 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 we need to deal with. And and uh, you know, when we did the when we did the OEM from Radware to uh, Cisco in this respect, about now what, Brian, nine years ago, eight nine years ago. Um, it, it, this is why we did it because the ability to apply that multimodal protection and and mitigation service. I'm telling you, Brian, if you have, if you're getting attacked and the attackers are at the front door of your home, it's too late. Yep. Right. You want you want those guys kept way the heck away from 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 the front door of your house. That's why we have services in the cloud that act as a safety blanket to go and help uh, with what happens to be in your home. Now, if a criminal wants to come and make his way into your home, now all of a sudden he's got to he's got to beat the army first and then get to your home and then beat the army again. And the 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 mindset Brian Green that we found is that you know criminals will try to take cyber criminals will try to take the most uh, profitable easy route to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know Brian Young, that's that's a um, that's something to think about too. Is is not only the the technology stack, not only where it's vulnerable, but how do I make it sustainable? Because you kind of you kind of don't want to protect just for these five minutes you want to have a safety net under your under your business and actually you may be required if you look at the new laws in britain in terms of cybersecurity, security um, you know they actually may actually need to prove that they have that safety net in place otherwise there's a there's a a percentage of revenue i think it's 10 percent now for a year penalty it's crazy wow yeah. Yeah, and I think that's why this partnership works so well is the fact that Cisco's built a business on building um, you know, tier 1 uh, you know, detection tools, right? And I think now through this partnership with Radware, you guys have a mitigation tool as well. Uh best in breed um to deliver, you know, the number one security end-to-end solution that 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 Cisco strives for day in and day out, right? Yeah, and I think it's important too when you're when you're figuring out your your plans, right? You need to kind of look at at both sides of that coin in terms of who is going to possibly be attacking you, right? You could have the script kitty that's, you know, just playing around and maybe looking to to make a, a few Bitcoin, but you could have a nation state behind you, you know? And in that point, that's why we call them advanced persistent threats because they are persistent and they can, it can be a multi-layered, multifaceted approach. Yeah. Like I was talking about before, where the initial attack maybe is a DDoS to shake them up and to get them to undo things to try to get things working again, right? You know, as, as you said, if, if they're at your door, right, you're scrambling. You're, you're going to knock over the lamp trying to get over to, to move the table to put it in front of the door. You're going you're gonna to make mistakes if you don't have a set plan that everyone follows rigorously. Um and then, and then you can take go that final at- attack, and then, or that I'm sorry, you can go through that initial attack, open up those doors, and then put something else in there, and and, and continue and exfiltrate data, etc. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And APTs are or advanced persistent threats are actually a very interesting thing because the nature of an advanced persistent threat is a threat that actually comes to use the, the you know the analogy of your home again. It, it's actually it, it's and believe me, I'm I'm I got nobody outside your house. I promise. But but um, I'm not but, worried. But the but but the, you, you shouldn't. Be. I'm not worried. You shouldn't be. Yep. And uh, but but to think about it, APTs are a very interesting part of the conversation because the nature of what happens the reason why they called they're called advanced persistent threats is that you actually have some malware that infiltrates into your network and sits there dormant for a period of time sometimes in some of the well-known breaches in the US a half a year to three quarters of a year 
and then they're activated via command and control channel uh, to go and now do its thing. You know, so you kind of the 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 objective here, Brian, is you. I, I write it so that you let your guard down. Yep. And, you know, you might have notice of some infiltration and everybody looks around. And they say, well, OK, not 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 much is going on here. So these are this is a very sneaky way to, uh, you know, to be there. Maybe I'm going to scan and see what data is coming across and wait for a little while to try to exfiltrate it. I mean, I think if I were to show you. The, um, the 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 some of the data from the Ukraine. Um, one one of the things you'll find that Brian Green and I were both really surprised about was we saw a hundred and fifty eight thousand data exfiltration attempts. I think in a day. Yeah. In a day, right? Wow. So if 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 you if you if you think about what we're doing here. You know, I, I, people ask me what we do. I like to say that we protect the critical applications and the networks that deliver them. You, you know, and 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 when you look at it, that's what DDoS really is. It, as Brian Green said it right, it doesn't discriminate on who you are, and and often it doesn't discriminate on where you are. So we're 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 having to. Uh, there's a security best practice, Brian Young, to uh, mitigate a threat as close to the source as possible to minimize the collateral damage. Well, in order to do that, uh, we have deployed uh, you know, you know cloud DDoS pops all over the world, so that we can actually exercise on that. So think now, Brian, that you you pick your favorite business that's international in nature, that's got offices all over the world. What we want to be able to do is we want to be able to actually deal, you know, apply this safety net and deal in an agile way to be able to mitigate these attacks and see them literally as close to the sort. Maybe it's a nation state in, in question and I want to geo block. Maybe it's a, you know, whatever it happens to be um, that we want to block very close to the source. And, you know, this might sound a little bit, you know, down in the weeds ish. But it becomes a very important thing because it makes availability and sustainability a, a very realizable thing. I mean, if you've just got an appliance sitting on your on the on protecting your front door, it it very well may be too late. So you 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 got to be able to be prepared to deal with it in that respect. Well, what, what's yeah. interesting too, you talk about uh, you know I think we make a, a, a big deal and, and we should about these nation states, these these hacktivist firms that are wreaking havoc on uh, on the world. Um, you know, if you look at you know state and local government, uh, about a year ago, uh, they were on the hit list for for, for Killnet, right? So you know, K through twelve, higher ed. So so the way I look to like. I like to look at is is even the threats have changed, right? And and those that are that are implementing those threats. So um, you know, we saw a lot of issues with K through twelve uh, over over a, a certain period. And then when we did some analysis on on those attacks, we found that um, we're finding the access to these DDoS, DDoS attacks software on the, on the dark web is 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 pretty is pretty easy. Um, so we're finding in what I would like to call the the next gen or the, the new age pulling of the fire alarm. We're seeing kids go into the dark web, download a piece of software, distribute it to their school system, take it down so that they don't have to take a test. So the attacks come in many forms and fashion. We make, a, again, the headlines will read, you know, attack firms out of, you know, whatever nation state. But in reality, we're, we're dealing from you know, with some of these threats from within um, at, a, at a young age, right? No, Brian, you're absolutely right. And it's not only, it, it you know, it's not only going to the dark web to easily get access to attack tools, but it's also in uh, the kind of thing where they can go and, and on the dark web and post, uh, you know, post evidence that they can exfiltrate, you know, transcripts or student records or whatever that could just to rattle their cages a little. Right. And, and, you know, you may never see that out in the public domain, but you'll see it there just to um, this is how ransomware works. 
So basically, they'll they'll be a little shot over the bow, and you know a little bit of an attack. Maybe I'll 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 throw you know attacks Brian Young come in to really two flavors from a DDoS perspective. There's a volumetric flavor, which means that I basically if you in an interview format like this, a volumetric attack would be that I just keep talking the entire time, so you can't get a word in edgewise. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, it, you, you're going to run out of capacity in a, in a technology stack. It would be memory, disk, whatever, the capability to respond to whatever service I normally do. And, uh, and that has its, its set of effects, even some reflective effects. Think about this. These guys, if I were to go in and, and launch an attack on you know you pick your favorite bank we'll, we'll keep the names out and that that app is not available and i go and check it and the bank is down now what's going to happen they're going to have now 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 a million people are going to call the ivr system for the bank and it's going to melt yep so now all of a sudden you have this huge customer resource and and service issue and and churn issue because what happens next people say well if this bank can't safely take care of my money, I'm going elsewhere. Wow. I have choices. Yep. Go pull right? out all my money, so, and then the ATMs. Move. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it gets even better. So you know, there's this volumetric often in 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 the game that Brian Green and I play. We call it a volumetric distraction because it's I basically throw a ton of traffic, sometimes well organized, sometimes junk, at some poor resource to make it so busy that it can't respond to what it's supposed to be doing. But then those are usually followed, Brian, by a what we call a low and slow attack, a more directed application-oriented attack. And these can be equally or more as destructive, usually resulting in data exfiltration or compromising of an application, or even uh, the ability to uh, leverage uh, most companies' inability to detect the difference between good bots and bad bots. Well, what does that mean? What that means is that there much of the traffic in the internet today runs via bots. In other words, coordinated robot-oriented acting API calls. Uh, yeah. You know, units units of 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 PCs or servers or entities. Okay, well. You, it is often very, very difficult with standard controls, firewalls, IPSs, things like this, to tell the difference between a good bot or a bad bot because the traffic, even when it's malicious, it's malicious in intent. So in other words, I might go and log in, have a number of attempted logins into that 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 bank app on your on your phone or i might have a number of of attempts let's say brian green sells tvs and you know online and and i'm going to now have a bot go in purchase uh in a fake way uh every minute a tv so his inventory is down to zero so when tom goes to buy a tv from brian it comes around he comes around and says well shoot brian's site i like him but his site has zero left, so I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go buy it from Brian Young instead. Maybe that'll we make, make you better fun. TVs. We, we maybe that and, yeah. and it'll allow you to fund the replacement of your your green car. But <laughs> any, 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 anyway, but but you know, joking aside, uh, you know there there are different tiers and layers to uh, denial of service attacks in this in in, in in this respect. So there is a technology stack that Cisco bring as part of the Cisco Secure DDoS service now uh, to, to to both detect these and and mitigate them. And this is this is kind of the game that we play. You know, like Brian Green said, you have some attackers that are using elementary level stuff you can you can, you know, almost download back for those of you old enough to remember uh you know almost like visual basic style where you can literally bring up a gui and write your own attack code in no time yep. right and and get it deployed i mean if you if you if you happen to know how to use metasploit or any of these kinds of tools you could you could write your own malware um 10 minutes that doesn't take long 
if you know what you're doing. So, uh, you know, you, you, you do, in fact, need to be able to understand the nuances and the layers that come with dealing with these DDoS attacks. And, and um, you know, and Brian and I deal, talk to these hospitals, the government agencies, the universities, the businesses, whomever they are, or the carriers themselves. These are the conversations we're having. It's not, do you have a, do you protect against DDoS? Because it's not a new game. Mm. You know, Brian Green, I think this is one of the things that people are a little misinformed about. People have been have been protecting against denial of service for 30, 40 years now. As long as they had a um, network pipe, right? I mean, if, if think about it, as long as they were receiving traffic from the, from the internet. You know, you, you, Brian, you talked about, you, you, you know, you, you, you cut your teeth in the, in the, in the data center in terms of background, which is a great background to have in this respect, because if you look at what we've done over the years, very long time ago, we would use techniques like remote trigger black hole filtering. What that means in English is that I take the entire suspected flow of traffic and I send it to a bit bucket in the router. I throw it all away. Now, so Brian Young, you know, that sounds great, right? It's easy. I just route it off and, oh, yeah, but the attackers are kind of smarter than that these days. So now I'm going to mix in some good traffic with the bad traffic. So now can you afford to just throw it all away? If you do, you're helping the criminal DOS your own network. Yep. So you need to have an ability to be smarter about how you do this. And there's been an evolution of DDoS technology over the years, application security technology. You know, Brian Young, you mentioned API before. So there's this network side DDoS. There's this application side DDoS. There's this encryption issue to deal with. You know, how do you, what can you see and how do you see if it's encrypted? And then finally, there's this whole AppSec angle that snaps application security that snaps right in. How do I deal with OAuth's top 10 oriented uh, WAF type things with, with dynamic policy? You think about it, Brian, from, from now to 10 minutes from now, the behavioral profile of my critical applications may change substantially. So I have to be dynamic and deal with that. We do that. You have data exfiltration attempts and misuse attempts against APIs. Uh, I don't think there's an application set on this planet today that doesn't use some sort of software-to-software -software communications through API, right? right? So you need to be able to do that. And then you have the, the, the bot detection stuff that I was talking about before, the ability to use machine mm -hmm. learning to discern the difference between good bots and bad bots. And that's also a, a major part. And when you kind of put all those together, then then this is this is kind of the, the, the recipe that the chef has cooked up for dealing with these kinds of attacks today. It's, inter it's interesting, Mike, because if you look at some of our larger customers that we have under protection in some of their attack history, right? Um, you know, you look at it, it starts initially with uh, with denial of service, right? They'll try and try and try and they'll, you know, they won't gain a whole lot of traction. So they'll shift the, shift their tactics a bit and uh, and start, you know, focusing more on the application layer, right? So we'll see more, uh, you know, AppSec type uh, launch uh, attacks and, you know, botware type attacks and things of that nature. Awesome, we have you covered in that regard as well. So they're they're getting creative. Um, you know, when they can't find a kind of a kink in the armor, they'll they'll shift gears a bit. So um, make no mistake, we can um, we 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 got you covered. When uh, nice. kind of looking back earlier in the conversation about you know having a plan, right, is kind of the most important thing. The way I kind of look at it too is, I mean, let's say in like the last ten years, the push to cloud, right, the cloud first mentality for all customers. And there's probably customers out there who 10 years ago thought, eh, you know, I don't really, if my website goes down, not a big deal, right? Most of my, most of my traffic is internal. And, you know, if someone was trying to attack us, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We can deal with it. Nowadays, I mean, you've got so many resources that you rely on in the cloud, right? Calling. Everyone's moving their calling infrastructure out to the cloud. They're, to your point, like hospitals with their... Um, uh, IVR and their contact centers, right? All that's based in the cloud. You get attacked and you're saturating your pipe, right? You don't know how to clear that. You're losing everything now. So even, you know, 
Salesforce. What if the provider that you're using gets attacked? Right. Right. Because that that's the other piece of it too. If if I go after, let's say, Salesforce.com, all of their all of their customers are affected. Right. You know, big time, right? Yeah, I didn't mean to but Brian, to Brian, you know, well-prepared customers in that respect. I'll, again, I'll keep the name out, but you mentioned one. Um, but but the, you you know they they take the step to make sure that they have that safety blanket provided right. off-prem. Right now, they have a lot of stuff they do on prem too. They, and I'm not talking about just that one, but in general, um, and 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 it is a it, it is a defense in depth. You know, the 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 question Tom that you ask reminds me of a book I read in graduate school called "Who Moved My Cheese," and and you know there there there's a there's a um, there there's a there's a there's a concept here that says well. You know, the focus was on the enterprise linked to the WAN, you know, because that was linked to the Internet. Now, Brian Young, to your point, uh, you know, it might be the link that goes from your private data center into the cloud. And 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 how are you protecting it and the and the critical applications? So we're working with a lot of the cloud providers as well uh, to have. Uh, to, to, to take advantage of the services we have to complement their availability. So as you may, may know, most of these cloud providers, you know, at their size and scale, have the opportunity to do things that many enterprises can't do by themselves. Uh, but that being said, they're taking our technology, uh, the application protection technology, the network protection technology, and we're offering at it for um, protection for you know ingress and egress to different VPCs, for example, or different um, you know uh, different equivalents on Azure or GCP, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I, I would I would fully agree, and not only that. You have, uh, you know, you have, for example, if you pick on Amazon for a minute in a positive way, you know, if you run a, if you run a Kubernetes-driven application on top of EKS, and you might have some Lambda functions that sit in front of this. Lambda functions are serverless code. So, what exactly are you attacking? Mm-hmm. Now that now now to steal the phrase, now the cheese has moved yet again. <laughs> because now we need to look at, uh, you know, do we have uh, denial of service opportunities opened up by what's being run in the code? Are there memory overflow or buffer overflow problems in that respect? So, you know, Cisco's, Cisco's asset of app dynamics helps a lot in things like this. But you think about what defense in depth means in terms of, you know, I've tried to keep product names out of it, but let's let's look at Cisco's point of view on this. You have, from the internet in, you have the DDoS capability and the AppSec capability. That's the result of our partnership with Cisco. That is in delivered in a hybrid mode, partly in the cloud, to complement what is on-prem. Okay, cool. Now, you have critical assets that make your network tick. Okay, your routing control plane. That is beautifully managed and controlled by Thousand Eyes. Okay. Now you look at it and say, well, I have a BGP oriented stuff that I need to deal with uh, because as we saw in some of the recent attacks, you can have what they call a, a route starvation attack. In other words, I can use a, an, a, a miscrafted time to live entry in a BGP packet to make it go in and peel the route away. In other words, now all of a sudden uh, the network is unreachable. All right. So I need to be able to deal with that. Well, we do that across not only Thousand Eyes, but with what used to be BGPmon that came with uh, OpenDNS. Now that's part of Cisco Crossworks. It, you know, so you look at the different components. You know, Tom, your question about the plan is still remains core and core to the whole thing, which is, you know, I, I as a CISO, I have to sit back and I'm responsible for uh, talking about what the critical assets are. How do I lock them down? What the critical vulnerabilities are, and how do I patch them and deal with them on a regular operational basis? That you know, red teaming, blue teaming, um, you know, that 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 kind of thing to make that happen. So it is a bit of a multimodal game that we that 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 we play here. And I and I I, I think you know both Tom and Brian, I think you guys have that part of it right. 
you know, it's 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 not just a simple. We turn around and we say, "Well, I'm going to fix the DDoS problem." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, too many, <clears throat> too many different methods of attack, and then of course, if your assets are spread around, and, and Tom, I'm glad you mentioned the cloud thing because I was thinking the exact same thing. You know, do your assets have to be on-prem versus in the cloud versus hybrid, right? But the other thing too, and I, I think this has kind of been underlying theme of this entire discussion is that the barrier of entry is lower. And my brother and I were just having a conversation yesterday. Um, uh, we were, we were driving around and we were talking about things like artificial intelligence. And the thing I mentioned to him, is, I said, I said, artificial intelligence and machine learning, it's not new. It's been around for a while, right? It's, but it's, it's becoming, a big thing because its barrier of entry has has dropped significantly. Anytime a company bring or, or organization or group brings down the barrier of entry, it causes another evolution. Look at the smartphone. Apple didn't invent the smartphone with the iPhone. I had I had smartphones from uh, HP and Motorola before I, Apple came out with the iPhone. We were using, you know, Windows Mobile. I think it was Mobile 2003, right? It was there. Uh, the Palm Pilot, they, they were a big thing. Apple didn't invent those things. It just brought the barrier of entry really low. You know, sometimes it can be cost. A lot of times it can be ease of use. And the thing with, with uh, what's going on now with artificial intelligence and the, why, and the reason why everyone's freaking out about it, and in our last episode we just uh, talked about it significantly, is because of things like ChatGPT being, you know, in the news all the time and available. And it's like, hey, I can take this this pie in the sky technology and bring it down to, you know, a level that you or I can can work with it where we can use it for free or pay 20 bucks a month, right? Again, barrier of entry lower. And I say all that to preface with with this stuff with DDoS, right? When you're talking about DDoS as a service, uh, where you can you can go on the dark web and and you know pay probably you know twenty bucks fifty bucks a hundred dollars whatever to have a botnet farm uh, attack whatever you want right and again it could just be as as you mentioned the uh, the example of the kid wanting to uh, skip the test that day just bring down the school's website right right and we remember when it was just people they would just pull the fire alarm to get out of school now they uh, attack the website <laughs> um, but whether it's something as 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 I would say lower impact, right? As that all the way up to, you know, healthcare, nation state, etc. The tools are more available, they're more accessible, the barrier of entry is lower and for that reason we need to make sure that the CISOs and the people responsible within organizations have that plan, have understood the risks and have figured out a ways to reduce and where to accept those risks. Well, Brian, think about it this way. This is this is why there's such a demand for um, you know for good people in cybersecurity these days. I'll, I'm gonna I'll give you an example. My my wife is a high school math teacher, and uh, we we were we were you know kind of commiserating about Chat GPT the other day. You know what's really interesting? So I showed her what I thought was cool in that Chat GPT was used to craft malware. It literally mm -hmm. wrote the malware for an attacker. Yep. It's pretty good, not bad. You know, a little bit of a little bit of holes in it here and there, but pretty damn good, right? To Brian Green's point about getting started as a as as a, as a you know as a high school kid or whatever. But you know what? Also, you got to be it, what, what's what's interesting is you know you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The same way, she turned around and said, "Okay, I got that." Go on ChatGPT and ask it to do simple math. <laughs> I said okay. I said okay. So so we did, and for you know she gave an example of subtracting one number from another number, and it was wrong. Mm. Simple math, like seventeen minus eleven kind of thing. You know, I, again, I don't remember exactly what she chose, what she told me to do, but there was a bug. You know, it, it didn't it didn't calculate it correctly. So there's this there's this constant challenge of, you know, even on the attacker side, of of, of you know having confidence that it that it's 
that that it's going to work. You know, that when people go in and attack things from a DDoS perspective, it is very largely some, uh, about reputation and fame and things like this. It's not always about money. It's not always about ransom. Right. So, you know, when the these tools, as cool as ChatGPT is, and, it, you know, to, to go back to my son, he said, uh, you know, he, he's graduating and he said, and, you know, he, so he went to chat GPT and asked it to write his thesis for him. He gave it the topic <laughs> just, just for, just for giggles. I mean, it was yeah. all done, you know, yeah. because most universities funny as you may, uh, may surmise consider that cheating. Yeah. I would right? think so. So, you know, he's like, all right, dad, let's, let, let's just give it, let's just give it a try. So he did. And it wrote, I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not grading his thesis. I'm not a subject matter expert in his major, <coughs> but I got to tell you, man, it was pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, it wrote him probably what amounted to about 200 pages worth of, of, of an essay on, uh, you know, pulling out quotes from famous people, you know, whether you agree with those famous people or not, but you know, it's all about how it's trained. So, you know, there, there's there's the goods and the bads to it. I think there's a technology cycle, especially with AI, uh, that that you know, to your point about we've been using it for a long time. The the bot detection capability I talked about, because you can't just use a firewall to block it, right. has to have some AI or machine learning associated to it. The uh, web application capability has some AI and machine learning associated to it. The DDoS capability has what we call behavioral DOS. What that means in English is we look at it even for a day zero thing. You know, the difference between day zero and day one. Day one is stuff I know about. Brian, you might sit there and say, well, anybody with a blue checker, blue and white checkered shirt like you're wearing, they can't come into this podcast today. Okay, <laughs> fine. Check. There goes Mike. We're done. Um, but... <clears throat> You know, th there are things that might happen that come around that I don't, I've never seen before. We call those day zero attacks. Mm -hmm. So in order to have a laser-like focus and bring the customer to a healthy state as quick as humanly possible, there's a learning capability that happens there that we call behavioral DOS. It's all examples of things that we can do better because of the application of AI or machine learning to this space. It's a really interesting point you make, Brian, because it's an integral part of what we do, and it has been for some time, but you're right. AI is starting to become, it's bringing economies of scale, especially to attackers with uh, some, uh, you know, again, pretty darn good malware. You know, it's, 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 it's a matter of AI gets better when people who are of, uh, you know, who have some smarts will go and train it. And you see people putting the time in to train it because the outcomes are really good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> you know, it's funny. You were talking before about, uh, you know, knocking in my door and all I keep hearing is someone trying to knock into your door. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be technically correct, it would be to knock on my roof. Yes, they're, <laughs> but but yes, um, that that is happening. You know, Mike, you're the you're the best guest and the worst guest all at the same time because uh, you know you're best in the fact that you come in with a load of information, but worst in the fact that you've got the uh, smoke detector going off and you got people working on your roof. But that's all right. We yes. pushed through. We I, we didn't want to reschedule this again. So um, no, this is this has been great. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry for that, Brian. It's a circus. No, it's, it's, it's literally a circus here today. I'm all it's, all, all it's I'm waiting fine. for is you know the little guy and the elephant and the trapeze artist. That's all that's missing <laughs> in my house today. We'll we'll see what we can edit out in post. But uh, you know what? At the okay. end of the day, it's this is just cool. it's real world. Leave it. Let it be. Um, Tom, any other uh, final questions before we start to uh, to wrap this one up? No, I think I'm all set. I think that was a uh, was a great little session there. I think. Uh, like I said, yeah. I think the the really important thing is to have a plan. That was the thing I definitely took out of it. I mean, yeah. especially and to your plan, point, Brian, plan. the lowering the barrier of entry, hundred percent. It's kind of what I was getting at, right? Was uh, I don't think this just I don't think you, you I don't think you have to be a government entity or a major bank to be concerned about this anymore. I think it trickles down, you know, to even companies and employees of you know in the fifty range. You know, I think this is something where everyone really should be concerned about. 
I've, I've, I know this is a little off topic, but I, I've, I have, well, no, I think it's pretty close to being on topic uh, because I think it came down from a, a DDoS attack. But I have said this um, to, to so many people. Um, I, I used to, I, I, I told this story so many times. I, I used to tell customers that we were talking about uh, Cisco's time to detection and how our time to detection was, was, you know, 18 and a half days or something like that, or 18 and a half hours, whereas the industry standard was like 200 days and, and whatnot. And I said, I used to say, the likelihood of you being hit by a zero day is pretty low. But in the event that it does happen, you can rest assured that it would happen, you know, be detected quickly. And then WannaCry happened. And I don't say that anymore, right? Like, and again, it's all about that lower barrier to entry. It's all, this is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. There's going to be new methods of attack. There's going to be new, new things that, that people want to try and do, whether it's just for the lulls or, you know, uh, for, for hacktivism or for nation state or, uh, exfiltration of, of state secrets or, uh, company secrets or money, whatever it is, right. There's always a reason behind it and, and you're getting attacked from all angles for for all different reasons. So yeah, and, and 100% Brian, I'll, I'll, plan, I'll, plan. I'll, I'm with you. I'll drop this thought in your head. So from from the from from that perspective and and if you if you look at it, the time to detection um you know, we're talking about in in the space to make sure that you don't have session timeouts and things. We're talking about 10 to 18 seconds. That we that 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 we're making this the, you know I, I I appreciate also the fact though that the Cisco annual attack you know cyber report that comes out did call out that that stat that you very correctly said but remember uh, you know the depth this is across the depth and breadth of an entire enterprise right so mm-hmm. uh, you, you know but 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 the 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 technology today is really pushing that envelope and and uh, the partnership that we've had uh, with Cisco and the Cisco offers in the DDoS and AppSec space as a result have really kind of changed the narrative there. You're right to call it out, but in in for us uh, you know if we if if it takes you know 200 hours to figure out that 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 you're being attacked. I mean we see these attacks in spiky form uh, that that will come as a burst and put you know uh, terabits of 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 attack traffic thrown, and it comes and goes in seventeen seconds or something like this. Well, regardless of the the market vertical or business sector, right? I mean, yep. business business works at uh, at an incredible speed at this day and age. So, I mean, minutes and hours, or you you can't you you, you can't. You can't count minutes and hours anymore. The, the, the amount of cost and revenue and lives uh, that could be lost during that short period is uh, it's astonishing, right? Yeah, well said. Staggering. Well, so one, I guess I'll leave no, you with, with, with one thing. If, uh, if, if I can convey one message is the fact that, um, listen, I think Mike Tyson said it best. It's important to have a plan. Make no mistake about it. But, um, you know, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face, right? Uh, so whether you know you're in a Cisco employee or Cisco sales rep or, or you're a customer out there that uh, that is exploring denial of service, uh, just know that uh, you know if you do come under attack, um, you know we have our emergency onboarding um, you know solution that uh, that you guys can take advantage of. I en- encourage you to reach out to your Cisco team, and um, you know we'll be we'll be ready and waiting uh, to to help you guys navigate uh, a, 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 a tremendous you know kind of an, an interesting time, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. I mean, both from the prevention standpoint and also from the reactive. If obviously you want to plan, but if you're if you are stuck between a rock and a hard place and you need help, that's still something that we can help with. So, um, as I always say, right, if you have any questions about this stuff, if you want to learn more, if you want to maybe test the waters and and kind of see like, hey, what what would DDoS protection for my organization look like for me? Uh, reach out to your Cisco account reps. Let's uh, let's get the conversation started. Um, you know, maybe if you're if you're in the Northeast, uh, you can be uh, blessed with Michael and or Brian's uh, presence and and you know hit them up for questions. Obviously, Michael knows what he's talking about. Um, I think uh, we were all kind of giving uh, Tom a volumetric attack of our own, not letting him get a word in edgewise or Brian, but that's okay. 
That's all right. That's what it's this all is all about. Listen, I, I know I know my lane, right? I surround myself with really smart people. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because I remember Brian. I was like, Brian, you want to do the show? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I want to get Mike in. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. And I'm like, I know why you got Mike in. Yeah, I get That's it. it. <laughs> he's, yeah. the brain, he's the brains behind the operation. Listen, no man. Let's think about uh, that. You know, great teams, great things. And we have uh, we, we're 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 blessed with a lot of very talented people on our team. And yeah. and listen, it'll it only benefits the the people listening to this podcast. And uh, you know, if you need the help, ask for it. Yep, hundred percent. We're happy to help. Hundred percent. Well, thank you all for uh, for joining us on this episode uh, covering DDoS. Uh, and of course, thank you for listening to ConfT with ERC. And if you haven't already figured it out, we do have a YouTube channel. All right. Uh, if, if you're on the YouTube channel, you'll see this little uh, YouTube stats thing that keeps kind of going behind me. As of right now, and I'm hoping this will be growing by the time this gets published, we're at 68 subs and 999 views. We're one away from 1,000. We were hoping it would kind of flip over during the show, but that's okay. <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, but you can make that difference by going ahead and smashing that subscribe button on YouTube. Bring that sub count up. And of course, Obviously, near and dear to my heart, the original format of the show, the podcast, please continue sharing it out. I've been amazed at just how how much the show has, has reached out and branched out to so many countries and listeners. So, you know, again, thank you very much for doing that. And uh, please continue to do so if you find the information um, helpful to you. And uh, with that, again, thank you for joining us today. And as always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of ConfT with your SE. For more information and resources on today's topic and others, check out the show notes on our website at conft.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.